Have compassion for everyone you meet, even if they don't want it. What seems like bad manners or cynicism is always a sign of things no eyes have seen or ears have heard. You don't know what wars are going on down where the spirit meets the bone. But ring the bells that still can ring. Forget your perfect offering. There's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. More than any other gospel, the Gospel of Luke offers a certain theological theme central to the ministry of Jesus. Now, we remember that Jesus is God incarnate, which means that everything Jesus does or says points us to the ways of God. So what is the rich theological theme central to the Gospel of Luke, the ministry of Jesus, and the purpose of God? Eating. Eating. And not, not just eating, but eating together. More than any other gospel, Luke has Jesus eating with friends and enemies and outcasts. Some religious traditions focus on fasting as a spiritual expression of their faith, and we as Christians have the season of Lent where we could fast alongside Jesus in the wilderness, but most of us don't. We can often barely go a week without chocolate or social media that we have given up for our fast. Table fellowship, getting together for a meal, a potluck, was central to Jesus' ministry and the movement of the Holy Spirit. Having a meal with others is a sacred space. The Spirit is alive in such moments if we pause and recognize her. She is the one connecting, binding, uniting us to one another. Through laughter and storytelling, through celebrating good news, and holding with love that which is challenging and difficult, the Spirit makes herself known in that space. And often it's when we look back at such meals and remember such times with family and do we realize that gift. This morning's story is familiar to most of us. It is told on Maundy Thursday and is a story in which we enter in and play a part every first Sunday of every month, the Lord's Supper. But often we forget the details, the context surrounding this meal, we forget the political and social tension that is rising to dangerous levels in their community. We forget the fear and the worry of disciples for whom had been listening to Jesus say for a while now that the powers that be would kill him for living God's kingdom on earth, which was at odds with the current kingdom which held them in power. Jesus' death was in the back of their minds. But to be fair, Jesus does spoil the whole story every time. Every time he says, I will suffer and be killed, and always says, that won't be the end. On the third day, I will be resurrected. However, that part is tuned out by the disciples. And many of us can relate to that. 
Death is not typically a topic many of us want to jump into. It can be painful to even think about not having our loved ones by our side or to talk about loved ones with someone else. And any talk of resurrection or new life may feel empty and meaningless, maybe even a band-aid just to get over a brief spell of sadness. The disciples are aware that there is a possibility that Jesus will no longer be with them. And so they sit down with Jesus, some perhaps wondering if this will be their last supper with him. At least one disciple knew that it would be. Yet they sit down to make a meal that they have done so many times before. However, this night they sit down is an important festival, the festival festival of Passover, which is a Jewish festival where they tell the story of the Exodus, of a people dominated by those powers that be that killed and exploited God's people to build up a nation. They recall Moses and Aaron and God's great power. They recall the plagues and the lamb that saved them from the spirit of death. And just when Pharaoh's army pinned God's people against the Red Sea, when all seemed lost, the unexpected happened. The sea split and dry ground appeared and a path forward was possible. God made a way out of no way. God brought new life to God's people. And so we may wonder if the disciples who were caring so much that night especially were tuned into the story and how God showed up. In remembering that story, in retelling it with drink and even unleavened bread, just like the bread their ancestors ate while escaping Pharaoh, did they hear God speaking to them in a new way about their faith? Did they feel God's presence with them as they recalled times they felt there was no way, yet God made way? And so with this story in their mind, and also still carrying perhaps what could happen that night, they watch as Jesus takes the bread, gives thanks, breaks it, blesses it, and says, this is my body. Then Jesus took the cup. This is the covenant of my new blood. Do this as often as you drink and eat in remembrance of me. In remembrance of me. This morning we lit candles in remembrance of the saints. Each flame is a name, a life. The name of a saint that, while not perfect, revealed the very love of God in our midst. Their life touched us in ways both large and small, known and unknown. And so we lit candles in remembrance of them. However, we remember them not just through candles, but in different ways of our living. Jesus enjoyed having dinner with others. 
And so it was how the disciples remembered him, how the early church remembered him, and how we still remember Jesus through eating, through communing together, through meals. Last week, we had the funeral service for Fred Sellers, and I see Chris and Izzy and Tony here today, right here in the sanctuary. And each of his children and granddaughter Carly shared stories in remembrance of him. And it was a blessing to hear how they remembered Fred through 60s music, through dancing spontaneously in the kitchen, even through Jeopardy. All things Fred enjoyed and now do in remembrance of him. And I'm sure each of us can relate in some ways. A certain food, a certain smell, a particular event or place or holiday or tradition, and a flood of stories just beckon to be told in remembrance of someone. And it's not just remembering what they liked or what they did, but it's remembering who they are, how they live through us. And so these memories, no matter how small or even incomplete, can be powerful and can even be used, I believe, by the Holy Spirit to connect us with those who are no longer with us. And so Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. And at that moment, the disciples may not have fully comprehended what Jesus was doing for them. And sometimes on Communion Sunday, maybe we don't either. Not until later, after Jesus was killed, and the disciples were on the road to Emmaus, and a complete stranger begins to walk with them and talk with them. And together they talk about this empty tomb of their teacher and friend, and the stranger discusses the prophets of old and what this empty tomb could mean. And then they sat down at a table, and that stranger took the bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them and the disciples remembered. Scripture says that their eyes were opened and they recognized him. The very presence of their beloved, Jesus. It's not just the story of Passover. It's not just a meal with bread and wine. It's not just grandpa's favorite pie that no one likes but you still make. It's not a piece of furniture just made by dad. It's not just a handwritten letter from grandma. It's not just your brother's favorite shirt or your sister's favorite book. It's much, much more than that. It is a way to connect with them. And when we invite God into that space, well, I really believe God can, in fact, unite us with those that are no longer with us, that they are still with us, and God can make a way out of no way again. And so at this communion table, through this very simple meal, something Jesus not only enjoyed, but called the kingdom of God, we remember Jesus by telling the story and eating and our eyes are open to the very presence of Jesus. We recognize this is not metaphor or magic, but the movement of the Holy Spirit that binds us, that in remembrance, Jesus is fully present with us at this meal. And we also recognize that this is not just for those who are here in the sanctuary, but those that have gathered around the table 
all today and those who have gone before. The communion of saints, the cloud of witnesses, for whom we are united with at this table with Christ our Lord and Savior. So this morning as we gather for yet another meal, as Jesus did, I invite you to picture or imagine those that cannot be seen, but those who are with you sharing in this meal. And we will eat in remembrance of them. Amen. Amen.